you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. All right, let's do this. My name is Doug Parker. This is Cruise Radio Rewind, kind of the show that we get to play catch up on and, uh, you know, things we don't cover in the regular episode of Cruise Radio. We tackle it on the weekends here. Thank you for listening. We're going to dedicate this episode strictly to the MSC Cruises, New Private Island, the Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve. Had a chance to check that out last week. Quick three-night sailing out of Port Miami on MSC Davina. So did that on Thursday. Got back to Miami on Friday. Then went right up to New York City for an event with Holland America. And here we are, early Sunday morning. And it's been a uh, it's been a heck of a six days or so, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. On the show, we'll talk with Michelle McGregor. She's the general manager of Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve. Also had a chance to check in with Ken Musket while on the island. He's no stranger to Cruise Radio. He's the chief operating officer of MSC Cruises North America. And while I was up in New York City, I had a chance to catch up with staff writer Richard Sims. He was asking me a lot of questions about what I thought of MSC's new island. And I thought, these are very good questions. So I was like, stop right there. We'll turn the mic on, record our conversation, and I'll just air it on Cruise Radio Rewind because I'm sure other people have the same questions you do. So we'll kick things off with Richard interview. So you were actually scheduled to go to the island earlier than this, I believe, and you had to postpone, right? Yeah, I was supposed to go uh, like on November 17th, but the island was delayed because of the hurricane um, that the Bahamas experienced a couple of months prior. So they pushed it until December 5th. So I finally just got a chance to go experience it for the first time. Okay. So when you get there, what was your first impression? First, let me ask you, can you, do you tender or do you dock? One good thing about this island is it's a dock. So they actually dug a channel. Um, if you look at it like on a Google Earth at Ocean Key, you can actually see the channel they dug to build this dock. But it was really convenient too because, you know, tendering with 3,500 people can be just a pain in the butt sometimes. It was nice to actually just dock at a private island for once and walk right off the ship. Yeah, that makes such a big difference in how you get to start your day. So you get off the, you get off the ship, you walk on. What's the first thing you see and what are your first impressions? So it looks like a, like from the ship, I took some pictures from my room and it looks like a big sand dune. And it can be very deceiving because you look at this and it's just, I learned this interviewing Ken and Michelle the island was actually man-made for the most part. It's just dredge sand where they were dredging around the Bahamas and just dumping all this sand here. And it was also an industrial waste site. So they're having to plant things. There was nothing there. And they're having to get these trees to take into the sandy soil. And, you know, a lot of the trees are like indigenous to the Bahamas, like palm trees and stuff like that. So it's going to happen, but it's just taking a little while for the trees to grow. So there's not like a lot of lush trees, not a lot of plants right now. They're growing and they're in in this spot and they have the braces on the palm trees and stuff like that. Now there's, am I right? There's like a little shopping village and it's not like on a lot of the other private islands, like for example, uh, Norwegian's private island, the shopping there is mostly a straw market, but I feel like they have like legit shops on this island, right? Yeah. This is actually like if you were docking in just say like Nassau or something like that. You couldn't really use Freeport as an example, but like Nassau, you walk off the ship and there's all of these shops. 
it's not like Diamonds International and all that stuff, <laughs> but it's a lot of nice type shops that are off the pier and you kind of hit them kind of like a theme park when you get off the ride and you get on t- into the park you hit the uh shops it's the same way you get off the ship and before you can really go anywhere you're walking through the shops and you're not walking like inside the shops but you have the shops right there on your left side when you're walking off the ship so basically you have to walk past those yes, shops yeah. with your children who want to go shopping before you can do anything yeah basically all right so you get past the shops what what's um beyond that uh are there is there more than one beach yeah, so there's actually – the beach goes around the whole entire perimeter, and there's also a couple of little lagoons carved out as well. So there's like a family – I think it's called Seekers um, Lagoon for families. Each one has a lifeguard as well. And there's also like this other lagoon. Um, I forgot the name of it, but it's just – it's the kind of like half-moon K type water and type sand, and it's just really beautiful. And there's a lot of – the cool thing about this this island is say it's really windy. The wind's coming out of the north. Then you can go – to the southern end of the island and still enjoy a beach and not get crazy weather because um we had a little bit of wind when we were there and i think like the east side of the island you know has those waves like <sighs> crashing up into the shore but the west side of the island was beautiful slick because you have that barrier there and you have that's the thing is like you know when you're on an island like half moon k or whatever there's only really one beach right mm-hmm. um same thing but with, with norwegian too pretty much um, this has like a 360 beach, so if the weather's – the wind's blowing on this side, you just go over here. Well, the other nice thing about that is it gives something for everyone. Not everybody wants waves. Some people want yeah. very calm, so it gives a little bit of both. Yeah, and I think like if you – I don't know if they offer surfing there or not, but there's some pretty big waves at certain times on certain parts of the island. It would be a good, good excursion if they don't offer surfing already. Now, one of the things that really separates this from uh, – basically from something like – perfect day at, at Coco Cay is it's not really overly developed. There's not like a lot of water slides and stuff. It's really more a focus on both the scientific angle and on water sports, you know, snorkeling and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so there's no pools, no slides. I mean, you're going to find beach chairs, umbrellas, um, stand-up paddle boards, kayaks, jet skis, different excursions like snorkeling and scuba diving. And scuba diving classes offered right off the beach. Um, a lot of bars, food trucks, which are cool. Um, there's one right. They're building another um, kind of like a barbecue pit, whatever it's called, a lunch place. Now they only have one open, but they're building another one. Like it should be open in a month or so. But to kind of help alleviate all the people going to the barbecue, they have all these food trucks set up around the island, and it's basic stuff like. Hamburgers, hot dogs, brownies, french fries, um, I think a vegan burger or whatnot. But I think that's cool too because you're never – you're probably never 200 feet away from a a burger. They also do nighttime events, right? Like um, I saw some pictures you took that were really, really gorgeous of not only the nighttime events but the lighthouse being all lit up. Yeah, that lighthouse has 27,000 LED lights. Wow. In the lighthouse. We actually uh, – we did an excursion where we walked to the top of the lighthouse. It was 165 steps, and it's like 150 feet, I think, high. Um, but they told us before we got on the tour, do not touch the LED lights because you're actually – you're going inside the lighthouse, and you're seeing the wiring and everything. But you had 27,000 of those things, and it's choreographed to the DJ playing. So there's a, a show at 9, and then that's like five minutes, and it's its own little thing. And then the DJ is playing at the beach party. There's fire pits and everything happening, people having a good time. And it's actually the uh, – like the EQ levels on the lighthouse are going up and down the green wow. and reds while the DJ is to his actual music. 
which is really cool. And then at 10 o'clock, they have another like five minute display with the lights. That's the picture you saw. And then it's basically like the, the ship leaves like around 11 o'clock or so. But because it's so close to Miami, it's like 55 miles away from Miami. They can leave late and still be Miami in a few hours. So this is sort of similar to what Virgin Voyages is talking about doing with Bimini and their, and their their beach club there. Yeah, I think Ken was telling me, and don't quote me on this, but he was telling me like it's maybe 10 miles away. Their little destination, they're developing their beach club mm-hmm. and where Ocean Key is, it's not, not too far. What else what sort of stood out for you about the island? I think the food thing was great. Like there's a lot of food everywhere. The marine research angle is really fascinating to me. That It's not open yet, so they're building this nice state-of-the-art center, and it's being developed right now. There's like It's kind of in a, behind a gate, but they're going to be working with like University of Miami and all these different um, European colleges to grow coral and plant coral back into the ocean to kind of repopulate the area because that they did a number on it when they were dumping all this stuff there. Um, so probably the food stuck out, the scientific research, the whole marine biology part of it really stuck out to me because it's something I really, I thought it was going to be gimmicky at first. Like, okay, yeah, but then I got to sit into these presentations and actually learn what they're doing. And I think they're doing something really cool there. Yeah, I agree. It seems like, you know, as cruisers, we have to admit on some level that we're not doing the, the most help to the environment. And to, to have a cruise line actually doing something that's designed to to have such a positive impact on not only the environment as a whole, but on the local environment. You know, the yeah. place that we all want to go and visit is is kind of a cool thing. And I think it's also important for someone to realize if they're seeing pictures of the island is that, and I've said it a couple of times already, but you're not going to see lush greenery for a couple of years probably because they're they're just getting these palm trees to take and these shrubberies around the island. But once they populate, it's it's going to be pretty. But for now, it's, you know, they had a, a blank canvas and they were starting from nothing and it's amazing if you go to Google Earth and you look at this spot of land before they even touched it and what they actually did to it. It's like, it's insane. Because there is not a lot of greenery, um, the trees are sort of new and being spread. Do they, do they have places where you can escape the sun? Because you are in the Bahamas yeah. in, in, you know, potentially in the middle of summer. Yeah, they have umbrellas everywhere. And then like the, the food area, I keep calling it barbecue pit, but it's like the... Food court, court food court, yeah. They have these big tents, like, and the cool things about these tents is that they're inverted tents, and what they, why they're inverted is they catch the rainwater, which goes into a big holding tank, and it helps water the shrubbery around the island. Each each tree has its own little irrigation system around it. Just so many cool things, like how they make their own power over there and all the solar they're using. There's a lot of things like I. I was actually telling Ken, and if you're listening to this, Ken, I'm taking you up on this offer to get on a seaplane and go over there when a ship's not there. It's only like 29-minute flight and take a tour of the island and the whole behind the scenes when no guests are on board. You also got to talk to the manager of the island who you told me actually lives there. Yeah, so Michelle does live there, and we'll be hearing her interview here in a couple of minutes. But yeah, what a great gig. She was like at Royal Caribbean for years. She helped develop, not only it was Perfect Day, I think she might have left before that or just right around that time, but she helped develop 
Coco K prior to that. And so she, she knows her stuff and she runs a tight ship there. Well, I look forward to hearing the interviews with Ken and Michelle, which I guess are coming up. So uh, I'm going to turn the show back over to you. We're here with Michelle McGregor. She is the general manager of Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve. How are you doing, Michelle? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me here. This is the perfect interview spot. We're like, what, 50 feet from the ocean. The waves are crashing. It's a beautiful day here on Ocean Key. And I want to start with a little background on this place. I think it's important for people to understand. If you look at the island right now, there isn't a lot of lush vegetation. Things are just now starting to come up. But you basically started this place. So it was, it was a blank slate, right? Correct. If, and I know that looking at it right now, you say to yourself, ah, I could, you know, I, we can't wait to see the trees get. For me, this is like the Amazon jungle. Because when, when I got here about four years ago, and it was literally a patch of rubble and sand. We had one little wetland that's a natural um, area just close to the wedding pavilion that had trees. They were indigenous, so we had to take them out, some of them. Um, they were destroying everything else. But the rest was garbage and rubble. So for me to look at this now that it's so nice and clean and there actually is green, it's paradise. Was this actually an island like in the 70s or was it a man-made island from dumping the the dredge dredge sand and everything? So the two original natural areas are where the lighthouse um, there's a, a patch of rocks, and it's like a small little island that goes all the way to the where the wedding pavilion. Those are the two only natural things on this island. Everything else was man-made from the dredging, so it kept on adding and adding and accumulating. So, yeah, the, the, we just built on what was already built, put it that way. Do people actually live on the island? Yeah, I live on the island. Really? Yes, exactly. There's 125 of us that live on the island. Um, most of them are Bahamians, so every five weeks um, they go home for a week. Uh, for me, I do three months on, three months off. And so you, like, you have like a legit condo or something over there. You, you can't miss it when you come in here. People, that's what we get the most uh, requests for is that people want to rent them. Um, any chance we could spend overnight, I'm like, no one's stealing my house. Uh, but it's really nice even for the staff because they're super colorful. They're really nice. Everyone has their own room. You just share a bathroom. Um, so it's like a bit of a college dorm, but in a fancy Caribbean way. So you say college dorm. What's it like after guests leave? That's the fun part. No, <laughs> um, it's actually, you know, a lot of people say to me, oh, it must be so boring. I'm like, really? Look at what I'm surrounded by. But you do have to, you know, I have a lot of young kids that are here. Um, they're here for five weeks. And, you know, I don't want them getting into the drinking or things like that. So you have to entertain them. We do, you know, pool tournaments, volleyball tournaments. We'll take the kayaks out. We'll do, there's a lot of maintenance to do as well. So it's mostly at night that you'll do um, a barbecue. You know, some of the guys will go out fishing and then we'll end up putting some some fish on the barbecue and sit around having a beer, playing some pool. As long as there's music and food, my people are happy. Hurricanes are always a big threat for islands out here in the Bahamas. Um, Is there like a bunker or something here or how does that work? So the chairman made sure that there was a bunker, and I think the bunker is more there for our return more than, you know, before the hurricane. Today you find out seven days in advance. If it's, you know, three days before, you'll know if it's hitting you or not. Um, So I would have anything category three and above, we evacuate the staff. Everyone goes home. Um, So I would never, I'm knocking on wood, you know, I would never want any of our staff to still be here during a category four or five hurricane. Um, so really the bunker is for us to be able to come back to, a pl- and it's the staff kitchen. So it, you know, it seats 120 people. So we'd move the tables, put some beds, and yeah. it's really a, an accommodation. So when we come back, we could get this place cleaned up. 
What's your background before joining MSC? So I've been in the cruise industry for 23, 25 years. Um, I remember being 20 years old. I was kind of out of college. I'm like, what am I going to do? I wanted to travel and make money. And um, I happened to be down in Florida because that's what Montreal's do, Montrealers do in the winter. And I saw the cruise ships and I said, I want to go work on one of those. And I applied to a whole bunch of different cruise lines. I started working on at the front desk. Uh, moved my way up up until maybe 2006, no, 2007, and I said, okay, my time on ships is done. Um, and I did 13 years on ships, and then the, um, the company I was previously working for offered me, I said, listen, why don't you come and work on our private islands? It's not ships, but it, you're not going away from the industry. So I said, great idea. And next thing you know, it's been like 15 years that I've been doing that. Wow. Perfect yeah. segue into your current position, right? I guess. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. What's the biggest challenge? The, to keep it beautiful, it's the salt from this ocean. Yes, it's a beautiful and everything, but the damage that it does. So we really need to stay on top of things. So we have a lot of furniture out here. So that that side is very, very challenging. The, the wind's blowing. You know, we still have a construction site on, you know, because we're going to be in, in construction maybe for the next three years. There's so much that we want to add to this place so integrating and and learning to live with the with the construction side of stuff has also been quite difficult um but we're getting there we're getting used to it it's two different worlds right yeah, so sure. I, we're very hospitality look the part be nice to yeah. so then you've got these burly construction guys that are coming around and not knowing the rights and wrongs i'm like oh my gosh you can't do that in front of these people <laughs> anyway so this is that's been difficult and really keeping the salt off everything What's your biggest success? Hiring so many Bahamians. Um, it wasn't easy because it's such a small it's such a small country, and you have so many cruise lines that have already been here forever. They've hired and saturated. Sat, I thought saturated the market, but we were looking for personalities, and we had so many great personalities, and we just trained them to be the great the great employees that they are. Again, it's not easy. They're very young. Um, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of time. But I'm so proud of it because it was a long. Cha- it was a big challenge, but we made it happen. You said there could be construction over the next three or so years. What's being built that we don't see today? Right now, um, you could partially see it. We have a second food court. That's our, our the biggest one that's being built. Um, the second food court will be almost identical as second to the first one that we had the Seekers Cafe. It's going to be called the Boho House, just because to alleviate the lines from the for the first um, food court. Really found the need for it. Not so much for the the lower the smaller class like Divina Armonia, but uh, Seaside and, and Meraviglia are going to need it. We also have a dive shop that's um, under construction because we are going to build a, a coral lab and um, housing for students and all of this kind of stuff. So we need a proper dive shop in order to be able to, you know, the, the compress the air, have an air compressor, the tanks and all of the equipment. What's the power situation like? It completely self-sufficient. Okay. And the, as we're going, I want us to be even more self-sufficient. I want the ships to come here and bring the food for the guests, and that's it. From uh, the water, reverse osmosis, we have five generators. Everything is is all of it. We, our own incinerator, our own recycling plant, um, so completely self-sufficient. Um, it, it's interesting. It, it, we're like a small little city, basically, because you got, you know, we've got housing, we've got solar panels as well. Um, that will take up like probably about 10% of the energy, so which is great. 
Yeah. Cool. We've been talking with Michelle McGregor. She's the general manager here at Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve. Thank you so much, Michelle. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for t- having this chat with me and show off this beautiful island. For the next interview with Ken Musket, the chief operating officer of MSC Cruises North America, I'm doing a cold open here. That means that I'm cutting out all the formalities and just going right into the interview because it sounded like we were standing in a wind tunnel. There were some crazy gusts coming off the beach at the point of our interview. So the first 15 or 20 seconds of the interview just sounded horrible. So I kick things off by welcoming Ken to the show. What surprises folks the most when they see the new island? I think just the natural beauty, you know, the color of the water, the beauty of the sand, um, just how expansive it is. You know, uh, one of the greatest comments we constantly get is there's no crowds. You know, it's not crowded at all. You get a beach chair, plenty of places to lay out. So I think, you know, it's brand new. People don't know what to expect. And a lot of people have been to other private islands. So I think it's just um, very nice to see how different it is and the natural beauty around it. Uh, And that's what we've really tried to preserve. A lot of folks are saying that it's not as green as I thought it was going to be, but I think what people have to remember is that this was like a dumping ground, so you basically started from scratch, right? Yeah, yeah. This was a sand excavation, you know, just a a giant piece of sand and somewhat of a dumping ground in the middle of the Bahamas near Bimini. So, you know, we've planted over 7,000 trees, but what people need to remember is it takes time for trees to grow. So, you know, in uh, in six months from now, a year from now, you're going to see a huge difference in the way that the foliage looks because we've got plants everywhere, but you know, it takes time to grow. And another thing, like just like kind of a techie thing I've noticed is that each tree has like its own irrigation system around it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, there's been a lot of work done with the underground irrigation system Mm -hmm. to make sure that all the plants in the trees are growing. Um, We've also done a lot when you go to the buffet area, you'll see uh, upside down looking umbrellas Mm -hmm. that capture the rainwater and all of that goes into the ground through the irrigation and and is recycled for other uses. So there's a lot that went into the development of the island, which is why it really took four years to first clean it up and then develop it the way we wanted to with the whole focus around environmental sustainability, so we're very, very careful about everything that we did. The name has Marine Reserve in it. Can guests do anything hands-on on this island? Yeah, so the Marine Reserve comes from a designation from the Bahamas at 64 square miles around the island is actually designated as a Marine Reserve, so it will be untouched, which is great for us. In the future, we're going to have a biolab on the island with scientists and university students growing, actually growing coral and working on a project of coral restoration. So our guests are going to be able to go talk to them, see how coral is grown and actually planted in the ocean. And hopefully it starts to thrive and we start to bring coral back to life. I'm staring at this big lighthouse on the island that kind of towers the whole island. What's the story behind it? And I, I've seen pictures that you've posted. It, like, it comes to life at night. The lighthouse is the iconic structure on the island. It's incredible. It comes to life at night. We have a giant, you know, we're here until midnight uh, in most cases. So um, you've got the whole daytime experience. And then the nighttime experience starts off with the Junkanoo Band. The Junkanoo Band parade takes you to the, to the beach. Uh, You have a DJ, you have a dance party, and then at 9 o'clock at night and again at 10 o'clock at night, the light show puts on an actual choreographed light and music extravaganza. So the whole thing comes to life. It's a different show at 9 o'clock and at 10 o'clock. Lasers, I mean, you you just have to see it to believe it, but it's incredible. There's an excursion you can do to actually climb it, correct? Yes, I highly recommend it. You can climb to the top of the lighthouse. Gives you an incredible view. You actually can see the turtles. You can see stingrays. You can see a great view of the island, Um, and it's, it's just beautiful. What other kind of excursions does MSC offer here on the island? 
So one of the very cool things at night, we have a stargazing excursion, which is great. We take people out to the helipad and you can see the stars at night. During the day, we have everything from kayaking to wave runners to a, to a champagne sunset uh, brunch uh, boat ride, kayaking, snorkeling. We have a reef right near here, a shipwreck uh, that people can snorkel. So uh, we have great activities for the kids where they could build their own kites and fly them, volleyball courts. So, you know, all kinds of great things. Awesome. So a question we've been getting a lot is that, so with all the different cruise line private islands, can you use your drink package on the ship on the actual island here? Because I know like with Carnival, you can't, but with Royal Caribbean, you can. Yes, yes, definitely. So if you buy a drink package, it's exactly the same as it would be on board as it is on the island. So everything transfers over. One of the big things we wanted to make sure we did was the island is just an extension of what we have on the ship, uh, which is actually why we have the Yacht Club experience on the island too. So the Yacht Club guests can go to their own clubhouse on the on the island. They have their own reserved beach for the Yacht Club. We've got the spa beach for the Aurea guests. So it's really a, a, an extension of the ship. What's the food situation like here on the island? We have a beautiful buffet that's open pretty much throughout the day, serving all kinds of great food, hamburgers, salads, desserts, sandwiches. We also have very unique to Ocean Key, eight food trucks that are located around the island. They're also free of charge, and they serve hot dogs, hamburgers, french fries, um, open late. We have one that remains open throughout the night as well. So you could go up there. If there's lines at the buffet, you go to the food truck, and uh, you get everything you need. And then at the Lighthouse Bar, we have some very light snacks that you can order as well. Last question here, because I know you're very busy. You have a shirt on. It says hashtag Super Coral Play. What is that all about? So we partnered with the um, Super Bowl host committee in Miami. This weekend is the Super Bowl, as you know. We partnered with the Super Bowl host committee as well as uh, University of Miami, the MSC Foundation, which is our charitable arm, Nova Southeastern, the UN, and others to bring a huge social media focus around coral restoration. So if you go to supercoralplay.org, we have a website dedicated to all the different things you could do to take your part. And the hashtag supercoralplay is the opportunity for you to take on a challenge and spread the word and challenge two of your friends to do the same thing. Is this a year-round thing or just around the Super Bowl? No, all year round. It's gonna. It's you know, hopefully it's gonna be many, many years to come because there's a lot of work to do around the environment and social uh, coral restoration. So this is something that will be ongoing. Ken, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Great to be here. I did notice during these interviews that I never spoke about the beach itself and how beautiful the beaches are all the way around the island. Personally, not much of a beach person. You won't find me laying out on a beach kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding, jet skiing, snorkeling, yes, just not laying on the beach, but there is plenty of opportunities to lay along the lagoons and the beach on this island. Also, coming out in the next week or so, I'll have a video tour of Ocean Key, the MSC Marine Reserve, also MSC Davina, the ship I was on, and probably a couple of articles on the website, too, at cruiseradio.net. I do want to remind you, too, about Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news. You can find those Monday through Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, just search Cruise Radio News. And by the way, I did post a few photos of the island on the Cruise Radio News Facebook group. If you're not a member, come join the conversation. Just search Cruise Radio News on Facebook. All right, that'll do it. If you have any questions about Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve or any questions in general, drop me a line. Doug at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G at cruiseradio.net. And finally, a big thank you to MSC Cruise's PR team for giving me the opportunity to check out the Ocean Key Marine Reserve. That'll do it. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Take care.